Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will never fail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 76 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Beep, beep. This is Chris. I knew that's what you were going to do. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Oh, we are we are getting into the podcast recording marathon sesh. You really are. If uh, list, frequent listeners, if you've heard last episode, you know we're trying to record a bunch of episodes at the same time. Yeah. This is number three. This is number three in a row. We are we are going hard, and it's for you, the fans. I do want to give a quick update. I have made some pizza rolls, and you've made this is your second drink. Yeah, yeah. But the pizza rolls is what I want to talk about right now. I know. Um, I noticed something funny on the wrapper that I've noticed before. I just never talked about. It gives you the instructions on how to how long to cook them. And did you add time to it? You're saying that because some of them are kind of overcooked. I don't know how that happened. Like I do, I did the recommended cooking time. I think how many do you, how many do you think I made? Because this is here's the reason. I made them in the toaster oven. It says on the instructions if you're making zero to twenty, twelve to thirteen minutes. I'd say you made twenty. If you're making twenty or more, it just says not recommended. <laughs> like they're like you're eating too many pizza rolls. Don't eat. Don't do it. Don't do it. Wow, I've never seen a rapper before not recommend that you eat like, it. Why can I not make more than twenty? What happens to them? That's what I wanted to know. That's why I was like, you know what? I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come right up to that and see what happens. The whole point of pizza rolls is to eat the whole bag. That's the whole purpose. Well, of this it. was a large, a larger bag. No, even if it's a large bag, you're supposed to <laughs> I, make the whole. I only thing. made like half the bag. Then why didn't you make the whole bag? Because there's only two of us. We couldn't eat that many. Oh, Chris. How you, I thought you knew me. Pizza rolls are so good. They are so what good. What flavor are they? I'm having a cheese. hard time. They're just cheese. Are they just cheese? Yeah. There's no meat in them? No. I thought there was. I feel like the meat... When you get the meat pizza rolls, the meat tastes weird. You think so? Mm-hmm. The, they got the meatball one, then they have like the... There's a sausage the, one. The, the, the pizza one that has like the pepperoni inside. They're like yeah. diced pepperoni. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. It's like faux pepperoni. It's like... Yeah. We're calling this pepperoni. It's <laughs> something. It's, it's not legally pepperoni. That's why in the box it doesn't say pepperoni. It says pizza flavored. Speaking of not legally pepperoni, have you heard they're getting closer and closer to artificially created meat? Really? Mm-hmm. Well, you, judging by your reaction, are you not a fan? Would you no. not? Would you try it? No. I mean, I'd probably try it. What if it tasted exactly the same? So what? We wouldn't kill animals anymore? Yeah, it'd be like totally lab-grown meat. It'd be artificially created meat. I don't know. I mean... It does kind of weird me out, but I like feel like I guess it's good. But if you think of all the other crap you eat, like genetically modified flavors, like you eat candy that has like fake flavors in it. Right. You know, so I don't see any difference between fake pineapple flavoring and fake meat. I, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. I don't know. It's that's interesting. I don't. So what would we do? Because eating animals is kind of animal control. You uh, know what I no, mean? Wait, seriously? Don't you think so? No. Especially cows. Like, I think like 90% of cows are just grown to be slaughtered. Yeah. And and that's actually like a, 
a strain on planet on our planet. Like if we could get well, away from yeah, like, it would save large a lot of scale water. consumer yeah agriculture or um, not agriculture farming. That's true. Yeah, like uh, I think cows is probably the biggest, and then they make methane, which is a greenhouse gas. That's true. Chickens are mostly raised for meat. They're probably the biggest. I don't know. I'm Chicken and cows. Though. Pigs. Yeah, pigs is probably up there too. Turkey. Yep. And then that's probably it. Yeah, cows, pigs, turkey, chickens. Yeah. And then like some of these like farm raised fish now that they have. Yeah, that's true. I know less about that though. I don't know how that affects the uh, like local ecosystems and stuff. I'm not sure to be honest with you. So I don't want to uh, speak out of turn. <laughs> I'm just gonna shove a pizza just, roll in my just mouth. Enjoy your pizza roll. Just keep going. Eat my fish. The way you like it. All right. So um, as most fans know, some fans may not. The reason why we are recording a bunch of these episodes in a row is because we got a lot going on. Um, Chris and Nicole are getting ready for the birth of their first child as of the recording of this episode. Hopefully already born. As of this episode, hopefully the baby's already born. Yes. If things go to plan. Things go according to plan. Um, and, uh, Allie and I are, as of this recording, we should already be moved into our new house, which is kind of, I can't or wait. as of the airing of this recording, <laughs> right, right. that's kind of scary to think. I can't wait till you invite me over to your new house. Oh my gosh. We can turn one of the bedrooms into a podcast studio. I'd love it. Oh yeah. We like soundproof it. That'd be great. We'll be all official about it. We could have like a, like a fort, like a blanket fort in there too. We can go from like the podcast recording yeah. to a little sleepover area. <laughs> also, if we could get like a fireman's pole to slide down from the second floor or something. <laughs> to get into the kitchen. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. And then we can just climb back up. Screw the stairs. Well, I don't, I don't know about back up. That seems hard. I just got to work s- off the food that we're bringing back. I up want like, us. you know how, like on Ghostbusters, there's an alarm. They slide down the pole. And yeah. Then, the same thing for the podcast. We, we sound a podcast alarm. We slide down the pole. We change into our podcast recording clothes and we record a podcast episode. I thought we were recording upstairs. No, no, we need to slide down the pole into the podcast room. I thought the podcast room was upstairs in the bedroom. Oh yeah, you're right. I messed that up. All right, here's what it's going to be. <laughs> We're recording a podcast, and then when the pizza rolls are done in the microwave, we slide down the pole to get the pizza rolls. Or when we burn them and there's a fire going, (laughs) the real firemen are going down a pole to come over and put out the fire. It's ready ready to go for them. Or Maggie's there with a fire extinguisher getting ready to put it out already. Nice callback. That's right. Connection to last week's episode. Yeah, it's not as good of a callback when we just recorded it like 20 minutes ago. I know it's tough because we don't know what the people think about it. (laughs) Hopefully they enjoyed it. So, um, like we mentioned previously, we don't have the poll results because... We don't have not even released those episodes as of this recording. So um, if you would like to see the poll results for that ep- our previous episodes or any of our episodes, you can go into our show notes, and there's a link right there. goes right to our Google Sheets or Google Expel, Excel, whatever it's called. And you can um, see every single episode, who won, how many votes there were, what was the percentage spread, and that way you can see how your vote favored. You can also see on Twitter, uh, the poll is always uh, pinned on the profile. It's always at the tippy top there of the uh, the recent poll that we've had. The tippy top. The yep. tippy top. So that's what we got going on. Chris, you want to just dive into it? Or do you have any other facts about Christina's I, pizza I actually rolls? do have something else. No, this is not pizza roll related. That's fine. We are heavily fishing for a pizza roll sponsorship deal. <laughs> but we'll, we'll that, that's for another time. Actually, I was going to say, I've been getting into uh, watching Twitch streams recently. Have okay. you? Are you familiar? I know Twitch. I do not watch Twitch. You can just search by like a video game and like find people playing a game. And um, I got really into the last um, Games Done Quick 
uh, like charity marathon, which was in they did the last one was the Winter Games Done Quick. It was like in December or January, and basically like people will speed run games for charity to raise money. Okay, and it's like a week or week. I think it's one week long. It might be two, and they have a bunch of people there. It's pretty much goes twenty four hours a day, and most of those people are you know streamers on Twitch. So I was I was watching some of them, and I was like thinking this is pretty cool, but I'll reach out to the you know our listeners who might share interests with with me. And if you have any, you know, Twitch streamers that are good, hit me up. Let me know. Or if you are a Twitch streamer. Or if you are. Yeah, that's a good point. That'd be cool to have a little partnership I, here. I generally like the um, more humorous streamers, like if they'll joke around during their streaming. And like more uh, obscure, or not quite obscure, but less common games. Like, I don't necessarily care about like the play guy, people playing like the hot new like Call of Duty or like Fortnite or something like that. If they play like older stuff or something more obscure, that's what I'm in. That's what I'm into. So I just wanted to put a quick call out, you know. Let's see what we can get. Do out you have there. any recommendations? Now I got a quick question here about Twitch. Sure. Is it on, can you see old uh, streams or can you only you see can the live ones? See, if you're following a certain person, you can't. You can't. You could only see if they like purposely made a video recording. They could post it to Twitch, and okay. then you could see an old video. Okay. But you can't just by default see anything ever. Okay, that's that's basically it. so. It's not like a YouTube where you can go and see one that somebody did like a year ago, unless they unless they unless they themselves put, it, put yeah. it up. Okay, it just doesn't automatically do that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, got it. Now, one of your friends is a uh, a Twitch streamer, correct? That's true. Yeah, one of my friends, um, Tyler. How, is he still doing it? Do you know or? Yeah, yeah, I watch his stream. Um, how often does he has does he do it? At least recently, he's had more time because he generally works. He he does um. He works in sailing-related um, jobs, so okay. he's less busy in the winter. So he streams a lot more in the winter. Okay, and he streams. Um, he streams a game called Ark, which I actually haven't really been able to get into. It seems like a big time, time suck. Yeah. yeah, and um, he used to stream Destiny, which I kind of liked, and then he streams a lot of Monster Hunter, which is one of my favorite games that we play together. So usually, I'm just playing with him. I've actually been in the background on his stream before no so. way maybe uh one of our fans have listened pretty much noticed famous. that voice hey i think that's chris <laughs> um if that happened that would be amazing <laughs> that'd be cool awesome well yeah please let us know specifically chris i'm not that much of a gamer i was when i was younger um not really anymore i it's you, not that i don't like it i just i don't know i guess i just do other things with my time that's totally fair yeah you matured properly i just <laughs> did not it's funny. I when I went to college, I brought my Xbox 360, and I might have played it once, never really played it. And um, I wish I I wish I did. I still have my 360. I've mentioned this on the show. Like I'll put it in an old game, play it around a little bit. I've actually had kind of a little drive to want to play some Halo over again. That was like oh, my yeah. first. That was my That's first right. love. That's right, Halo. I loved Halo. So, Classic. if anybody wants to donate a new uh, console <laughs> to me, so I can get into the new games, you can play an old one. That's fine. Yeah, I got nothing wrong with that. All right, all right, let's get to it. So, um, please remember, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us a ratings on iTunes or through our RS R. Oh, wow, through our rss feed on podbean that's a tough one it's a very tough one a lot of our sounds chris what are we talking about today um it's a tough one to intro yeah 
We're talking about silent characters. Silent characters in movies. But I got to give a quick... Not totally silent, by the way. Not totally. That's a yeah. bit of a caveat. But yeah. I'll get back to that. Quick side story. Why did we come up with this? Um, Steve and I were sitting in a movie theater, I don't know, a couple months ago. Yeah. Trailer comes on. This trailer is amazing. Agreed. It was a great trailer. John Krasinski. Yep. Uh, Emily, who was this? Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt was his wife in the film. Yep. Uh, with two And kids. his wife in real life. Right. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. I wasn't actually sure I wasn't going to say that because okay. I thought it might be wrong. Yep. Uh, two kids. Yep. They're in like a nice looking house in the woods-ish, you know, right. rural. But they have to be quiet. They can't talk. Like they can't every- make a noise. Yeah, like they're playing board games with like padded characters and like, like fuzzballs and they can't roll dice. They have to like. They, they, they roll out on like a blanket. Yeah. So that way there's no sound. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And, and uh, you and I were both like very intrigued. And the place went dead silent i remember like you could not hear a pin drop the, in, yeah like this or you could hear a pin drop i should say yeah yeah <laughs> the, the suspense buildup was perfect so like then at the end of the trailer i think a kid knocks over an oil lantern right and like somebody kind of screams or just was like oh no or something some expletive that they're like oh no like you know the house is on fire <laughs> we have to put it out but then john krasinski runs over he does the old, like finger on the lips shh, shh, shh. right don't talk he puts like a blanket over the fire to put it out and then like they're on high alert because like when you make a noise, something bad happens, and it seems right. like monsters find you. Yeah, and then like they look out the window, and there's some like monster. I don't remember if they really show it, or they show a shadow, or they show some you see, like, silhouette. Like, they have like lights, and like the lights turn red for some reason. Like, okay, they're like, they're like Christmas lights, and they go from like white to red. Potentially motion sensing. I mean, it's unclear from the trailer, right? But that movie is releasing soonish. Uh, this Friday of the airing of this episode. Okay. Yeah. What's it called? It's called A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place. So and if you're into suspense thrillers... It's supposed to be pretty good. They had the uh, the premiere recently and apparently got a lot of great reviews. Um, and I didn't know this, but John Krasinski directed it, which I had no idea. Good for him. About. Yeah, I love I love John Krasinski. Man, The Office was great for him. It really... I mean, that's where he started. Like, he, you can only go up from there. I mean, he did so good with that. He did. He did great. And now he's like... He's super buff. He was actually rumored to play Captain America before oh, no way. Chris Evans got casted. But yeah, so in honor of A Quiet Place, which we'll definitely have to check out. I, I really I really want to see that. Um, so we're choosing two movie characters, or not, I shouldn't say movie characters, two fictional faces yes, yes. that are known to be on the quiet side. In that's their, fair. In their that's films. A, that's a fair point. In their, in their, in their respective media. They're either silent, they don't say a lot, or they repeat one thing always. Exactly. And we're going to have them go head-to-head, or nose-to-beak, and uh, <laughs> well done. S- see what we could do here. So, Chris, who are you picking? I'm choosing the Roadrunner. Classic. The famous... So, I'm going to say protagonist, but I feel like that's up for debate. I think a lot of people see him as the antagonist. Yeah. Uh, from the Wiley E. Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons. Yes. So, uh, if you don't know this, there are Looney Tunes characters. Uh, there was apparently also a series called Merry Melodies that featured them too. Yep. But these are cartoon characters. And basically, um, the plot of this episode always revolves around the, the coyote trying to catch the Roadrunner. Yes. Presumably to eat him. Um, I, I guess that's, it takes place in like the desert. I think it's like... Probably like um, southwestern U.S., like yeah. Arizona-ish type exactly. of uh, locale. Yep. And um, generally, I think with very few exceptions, the, the coyote fails to catch the Roadrunner, usually comically. Um, and then instead of like 
basically what you might consider a standard coyote hunting tactic. The coyote will use uh, complex contractions uh, and elaborate plans to try to catch the roadrunner. And they usually backfire and the coyote gets hurt and really should probably die for many of these failures. But we can get into that later, What how, how he seems to survive these things. But the coyote is not my character. My my, my, my character is the roadrunner. Gotta love um, I don't think either of them talk, actually. They, they generally hold up signs to communicate with the audience. So I've seen that there is no dialogue ever from Wild E. Coyote, except in one episode where he says, ouch. He does. Other than that, that in that one episode, there's an the there's an episode called Zoom at the top, and he says "ouch." But other than that, you're right. They use signs to communicate their expressions towards the audience. So, I had a little bit of a dilemma of choosing between Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, both silent characters. I'm going to pick the Roadrunner. Yep. Um, he generally throughout the episode is just running away. He will stop to eat bird food. The, a lot of the coyote's traps uh, consist of a sign that says bird food and then some method to trap him in that situation that never work. So in addition to running, he eats bird food and outsmarts traps. He seems to have some type of innate ability to sense traps and yes. avoid them. Yes. So I'm hoping to use that to my advantage. Um, we'll see who Steve chose. Maybe you'll see, Maybe that'll help. Maybe it won't. Um, let's see. Is there any other background? The characters were created by Chuck Jones, who I think is like relatively big in the animation field uh, for Warner Brothers. They were created in 1948. Um, mostly television cartoons. Uh, it was originally made as a parody of Tom and Jerry, but it became popular as its own thing. So I guess that... it is kind of uh, mm-hmm. a play on Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. The classic, you know, you go after me, I go after you, I try to escape you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The, the coyote also appeared in uh, a couple episodes of Bugs Bunny, in a in a couple shorts I should say. Right, and um, in some of those episodes, he actually talked more. Okay, uh, he he actually talks very intelligently. He has an accent, and he he has a business card where he lists his occupation as a genius. So that's led to a lot of fan theories that I'm gonna probably just wait to save for my fun facts at the end to talk about. Okay. So in these, he he has talked. He's introduced himself as Wild E. Coyote, uh, genius, like I said, and he gets like kind of a fancy accent. The the Roadrunner, uh, if you recall, only says beep beep. <laughs> um, now there's also a bit of controversy on that because some people say he says meet meet. Really, I always assumed he said beep beep. But me, some people, to me, it's a beep beep. Some people think it's meep meep. Yep. And if you if you kind of try to combine them and say something like meep meep. It's hard to tell. Do we have the final consensus? Um, according to Wikipedia, it's beep beep, and some people said it sounds like meep meep. Okay, so they do have both there. Yeah. Uh, and then as a slight aside, TV Guide put Wiley e. Coyote in its 2013 list of 60 nastiest villains of all time. See, I feel like that is. Uh, I don't see him as the antagonist. No, he he doesn't seem nasty. It seems a little unfair for just a coyote trying to eat. Right, but uh, the Roadrunner's the instigator. He's trying to get him round. This up. is a debate for another day. Yes. I feel like the Roadrunner is mostly just trying to live his life running around the desert. Occasionally, he does seem to instigate conflict with the with the coyote. Yeah, but if the coyote would have been trying to kill him his whole life, you know, he might have a grudge. Like when you watch it, who would you cheer for? 
when I was a kid, the Roadrunner. Okay. Looking back now as an adult, I have some doubts. But <laughs> that, like I said, we're going to talk about that later. Yes, fair <laughs> enough. All right. So for my character here, I'm going with Max Rokotansky, who is the character in charge of the lead films Mad Max. Mad Max 1, the original. Uh, then you have Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Mad Max 3, Beyond Thunderdome. And then Mad Max 4, uh, Fury Road. <clears throat> can, I have a, can I ask you a quick question to interrupt sure. you? Sure. Um, are you familiar with the Mad Max quote, two men enter, one man leaves, that refers to the Thunderdome? Yes. Do you know what episode that is chanted in? In which episode? Yeah, I mean, which movie? Is that in Beyond Thunderdome? I would guess it's in Beyond Thunderdome, but I believe if my memory serves me correctly, I think they mentioned Thunderdome in the second one. Well, that's what one. I was going to say. It's the second one where they actually fight in the Thunderdome, and then the third one's just called Beyond Thunderdome. No, I think... Because I've seen them so long ago, I don't remember. Yeah, I But I frequently too. work in Two Men Under, One Man Leaves into my everyday conversation. <laughs> Do you really? So it would be nice to know that. Th- when people that way, if people... Yeah. yeah I can I refer you. people to the correct movie. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll look that up. No yeah. worries. So um, I'm just going to call him Mad Max here, or Max, since his last name's kind of hard to say, Rokotansky. Uh, he was portrayed by Mel Gibson in the first three Mad Max films uh, directed by George Miller. And then he was portrayed in the fourth one uh, by Tom Hardy, also directed by George Miller. Um, I mean, these movies are are great. One, two, especially are pretty good. I know three, Thunderdome, some people are, like, lukewarm about. It, but That is where the quote, two men under one man leaves, comes from. Is, is it? Yeah. So it'll always have a special place in my heart. Um, however, Mad Max Fury, Fury Road is the best one in my opinion, and I think most fans' opinions as well. I mean, it is, from start to finish, a nonstop thrill ride. It's phenomenal. It's so good. And it really changed action movies, I feel like, in a present day where action movies are all, you know, crappy CGI, green screen. And it's not to say that this movie doesn't have any CGI. I was going to say, some people think it doesn't have any. It, it does. It actually has what you might call a lot but it's so well blended that exactly. you can't tell. Exactly. And and what's important is like in a movie like Transformers where everything is CGI to the point where even the cars driving are CGI. Yeah. That's where it's like bad looking. Whereas Star Wars episode 1 through 3. Yes. I mean exactly it's just green screen. Whereas Mad Max Fury Road, yes, there are um CGI shots, but like you mentioned, it's blended in well and there's so much real there. That yes. it makes it a lot easier going forward. And that's that's what CGI is supposed to be. You're I supposed, completely agree. You're supposed to look at it and think that's real. Yeah. Whereas if you watch a Transformers movie, you go, I know that's not real because it doesn't look real. Because they didn't even try to make it look real. Or they didn't even try to incorporate some realistic practical effects Yes. And into in, it. in some cases, I think it's – you have to look at the technology available. Like early CGI just wasn't there. Right. But then – on the same token, like you have to let the film, like producer or director, like s- smartly use CGI to be like, well, you know, if, if I can't CGI a person's face, it's not going to look real. I'm not going to do a person's face, and if they do and it looks bad, that's kind of on them. Exactly. So some of it is like a little bit dated. Like some things you can look back on and be like, right. Well. But even some of the old stuff, like the original Star Wars, where they did like practical models, right? I think that still holds up today. I think it's a hundred percent agree that holds up. Yeah. So. Anyway, yes. Going going on with that, but I mean, Mad Max, 
especially the last one. They're they're great to watch. Just great action movies. So, do you they're know? Fun. Did the originals do much special effects, or was that all practical no, stuff? It was all practical. Yeah. Also. Okay, that's what I would think too. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, Mad Max, he's he's the star. He's a main force patrol officer uh, in pretty much one through three. In the fourth one, he gets captured by um, a gang called the War Boys, which um, is this little group that is controlled by um, Immortan Joe, who's this guy who leads this like cult area, basically. Anyway, but Mad Max, he's most famous for his driving. Um, he drives around this desolate wasteland, basically, that is in like a post-apocalyptic world. This takes place in Australia, This these films. That's where the director is from. And uh, what's his name is, too? The guy who originally played Mad Max. I, I just Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson. He's from Australia? I believe so. I did not know that about Mel Gibson. Let me click real quick. Mel Gibson. It's loading. No, I lied. He's from New, he's from New York. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think I he, was... he was from Australia. I'm wrong. He did it so you, well. Are you thinking of like uh, Russell Crowe or something? Is no, he from I was thinking of Mel Gibson. Okay. So the reason I chose him for this fight is in the films, he really usually does not have that much dialogue. Um, he'll have you know a couple words here or there, especially in the fourth one with Tom Hardy. He basically just makes grunting noise um, about twenty minutes into the movie, and then eventually he'll say some words. Like I think one of his first words once the film gets going is like water, water. Like he's asking for water. But uh, he's a skilled driver. He drives his Ford Falcon in the in the wasteland. Um, you know he can get high speeds. Um, he's also a, um, skilled marksman, which he can, he has an excellent shot. Um, he can shoot an accurate, he can shoot accurately with one hand while driving with the other. Um, in the film Mad Max, he was considered the first one. He was considered a top pursuit man for like the police force, which you have to think like him being a police officer in like this post-apocalyptic world must be like crazy because of just how nobody abides by any laws <laughs> anyway. So the paperwork there must be like insane. Um, but he like, he goes after gangs um, in this like desert, um, which can result in overturning vehicles at high speeds or ramming other vehicles off the road. He has great skills um, and his knowledge about trucks and automobiles. Um, he can take heavy damage and injuries and um, continue going on like in the fourth one he has all this like blood being drained from him and he's still conscious and and carrying on and you know getting shot and stabbed and he just continues going on with the mission so i think which is interesting about both of our characters which is kind of nice they're both kind of from the same environment they're both from like this really dry <laughs> wasteland we could say desert uh, area that's, a, that's an interesting point like you could watch like the sequel to Fury Road. What's uh what's the new Mad Max called? Fury Road. Fury Road, correct. The sequel might have the Roadrunner run by in the background. It might. You it wouldn't no be idea. out of place. That'd yeah. be a great cross uh, universe. Uh, yeah, that'd be that'd Easter be egg. Really, there. really fit in with the movie. That's scene. what they should yeah. do completely. So, so what are we thinking here, Chris? So, you know, both of our silent characters, they're not really going to be. It's not going to be a war of words with each other. It's going to be a war not. of actions. So, um. You're obviously a human. I'm an animal. Yes. Just point that out in case anyone didn't notice. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, I don't have the, the, the gun skills or the machine skills, but I, I do have a certain ability that uh, I think will, will help me out. And that is the 
almost like sixth sense-like ability to avoid danger. Okay. So let's just say hypothetically, you you have some cool vehicle. You know, it has a it has one of the it has a cool like um one of those cow things on the front that like triangle shaped on trains that pushes cows out of the way. You know what I'm talking about? Like a plow. Yeah, like a plow. Thank yeah. you. That's on some Mad Max cars, right? Yes. And it shoots fire, and it shoots you know harpoons or whatever nets i don't know and there's a guy playing guitar on the back or something like that <laughs> that'd be cool so that's what you're driving that at me and you might be thinking well roadrunner he's just a bird he has no chance but he's going to be able to just avoid anything you throw at him like you shoot a harpoon and he turns at the right time i don't know how he does it he can just do it that's the roadrunner never gets hit with an anvil in the cartoons he never gets hit with any of the you know what dynamite arrows anything like that i mean he just avoids it he does have phenomenal agility. Agility, really, yeah. I think it's it's almost so good that you have to think he has some type of like sixth sense. He can foresee like danger. some foresight. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see where you're coming from there. Uh, another thing that I th- so, you know, I laid out this this scenario. So I this is you know to my advantage. I, I would say, if I'm running from a car, uh, the the Roadrunner is also a phenomenal painter. His his artistic ability is very good. Mm-hmm. He will paint um, a tunnel on the side of a rock. Okay, and then you will think you're chasing him into a tunnel, which somehow so this he might have some. This is just straight up magic. He runs into this tunnel, and then when you drive to chase him, you crash into a rock. Right, and that happens to the coyote more times than I can count, and that's that would be basically devastating. I mean, your car would explode. You know, you have you have all that gasoline on it. Exactly, you have it shoot fire. It's a it's a ticking time bomb. In Mad Max, it's called guzzoline. I just want to point that out. It there. is it. It's called guzzoline. Yes. Is that true in the originals too? I I just re- I thought I remembered a lot of the plot in the original ones focusing around trying to get gasoline. Mm-hmm. Like one of them is like he's driving a tanker. I thought there's like a oil field, and I think the first or second one. Yeah, Maybe the second one. Because I guess gasoline is like a precious resource, right? That and water, right? So I don't remember it being called that, but it might have been. Like I said, it's been a long time since I saw the. Yeah, original. I actually just rewatched the fourth one a couple weeks ago, so that's why it's kind of fresh in my memory. So I'm gonna say you might you might be wondering like why is Mad Max chasing this bird like what is the purpose like what is he trying to get out of this so i'm gonna say that the 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 reason he is going through all this trouble is because in this wasteland that mad max lives in there is very little resources very little food i think that's established right that's fair like in the beginning of the fourth one like i said since i just saw it there's like a two-headed lizard that opens up the movie and it's been you know screwed up because of like the nuclear um waste that's that's been out in the environment and it walks right crawls right up to his shoe and he stomps on it and he just eats it raw raw just like, raw like it's in his mouth and like the feet are still dangling like out of his mouth and that's he, just how the movie starts it's a radioactive raw lizard he just chomps with, on with it. two heads yes and he just he just chomps on it so he's since the circumstances he's been given he's desperate to survive so I'm going to argue the reason he's chasing after this roadrunner is purely for food purposes. That's fair. That's a fair point. He he is hungry, and this is one of the only animals he's seeing currently. And, I mean, the roadrunner doesn't have a ton of meat on his bones, but, no, neither, was, yeah. but neither does a lizard. Exactly. You take what you can get. Right. He takes what he can get, so he's going to be chasing after you in order to, to steal your food. That's kind of playing right into my wheelhouse, though, because the coyote chases the roadrunner to eat him. That's true. This so he's true. used to being hunted for food. Now, now Mad Max, he does have the ability of being an expert marksman. 
So he could be from a significant distance. That's the thing. With the Wile E. Coyote, he's always very close to the Roadrunner. Or the Roadrunner, you know, like you said, can see him coming or expect him to be coming. But if Mad Max is like with a rifle a good amount of distance away and the Roadrunner is just kind of chilling there, he might not know that that danger is coming. So I would say, in my character's defense, there are situations where the the Cody tries to set some type of trap that would be triggered from far away. Like, for example, Dynamite. Okay. He has the Roadrunner distracted eating some birdseed. He tries to blow him up. Generally, what will happen is the dynamite will fail to go off. Now, it's not always clear why this happens in the film. I'll, I'll propose a, a, a theory. Uh, the Roadrunner will leave. The Coyote will come up to examine why his dynamite didn't go off. And then it will blow up and, you know, ostensibly injure or kill him. And that's, you know, then he gets, gets a laugh. It's like, haha, the Roadrunner got away and the Coyote blew himself up. So the parallel would be, in this instance, you know, you're, you aim your gun at him. You know, you're... I don't know, 500 feet away, whatever. I don't know. You shoot and, uh, you know, uh, blank or no no fire. No bullet in the chamber. Something. Roadrunner runs away. Uh, Your character would then probably, like, look down the barrel of his gun with his eye (laughs) and fire and wonder why it doesn't shoot. And then he'd shoot himself in the face. That would be the standard for a Roadrunner cartoon. Right. Now, I know that's a bit out of character for your character. That's extremely out of character for That's a little bit unfair, but that's generally how the Roadrunner operates. I well, that's how think, that's how Wiley Coyote operates. Well, like I said, it's unclear why the dynamite fails to go off. So, is the is the Coyote incompetent? Yes, I would argue no. He's a genius. You think so? Uh, he you, like you already said, he smashes into walls. Uh, that's because the Roadrunner appears to have magical powers, <laughs> being able to run through rocks as like some type of diversion, or being able to just like somehow disable dynamite for no some like just. With his mind? I don't know. Right. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't think he has the power to disable <laughs> it's, dynamite. It's at least unclear. I, I'm not I'm not sure he doesn't have the power. I think it's I think it's just supposed to play on the unintelligence of the, the coyote. Ah, but see, there's lots of evidence that the coyote is actually very smart. Including when he speaks in those Bugs Bunny shorts. Okay. Do you want to bring this up? Yeah, let's just talk this out. All right. So there there is a fan theory <laughs> that Wiley Coyote is in fact an actual genius. Okay. Uh, so the the important phrase you just said is fan theory. I just want to point that out. I fully acknowledge. Okay. But, uh, you know, fan theories are theories. Like, I mean, that's how this stuff yeah, comes so out sometimes. flat earth theories. <laughs> well, mean. there's at least some evidence in the canon that for Wile E. Coyote being a genius, that exists. Okay. And I'll go through it right now. Go ahead. So I'm going to heavily reference an article on crack.com. Okay. We can include include a link in our show notes. Yeah, so this is by Rachel Brennan. I don't know how much crack.com counts against me for this, but I thought it was funny, so we're just going to talk about it. So, um, like I said, often the, the Cody gets blown up, and you're thinking, well, he should have died from that. So this article posits that he did, in fact, die from that. But there's a bit of a workaround. So, uh, here are some examples of of the Cody being smart. So in the Bugs Bunny episodes, he talks, he carries business cards, and runs a company. So, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to quote Qui-Gon Jinn here. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. The ability um, to own a business does not make you intelligent. Well, and the ability to give out business cards does not make you intelligent. I mean... Qui-Gon doesn't say the last two things. Would you agree those are 
fairly advanced things for a coyote to do. Yeah, but so is setting up dynamite, which he okay. already did anyway. Okay, so the coyote is is advanced for a coyote. <laughs> his business card says his name, and underneath it says genius. And then it says, have Wait we? a minute. So his card says genius. Therefore, we have to go with that? Well, I think that's something Trump would put on his business cards. Like he would say, Donald J. Trump, genius. He would say very stable genius, actually, I think. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Um, and then it says, have brain will travel. That's just a joke. It's a cartoon. Whatever. Wait, so that can be a joke, but everything else about his car doesn't is serious? Why would he put a joke on there about him being a genius? Because it's a joke because it's a cartoon. <laughs> okay, look. How many things have happened that should have killed Wiley E. Coyote? Everything. Exactly. So what if all those were clones? Okay. And they are not, in fact, the real Wiley e. Coyote. They are his clones dying okay okay so how could they be clones well for one we hear wiley e. coyote talk a lot in the bugs bunny shorts his clones never talk uh what else we got what else we got two the coyote seems to be constantly surprised by the roadrunner <laughs> as if he hasn't been hunting him his entire life okay leading more evidence to the fact that they might be a separate clone okay discovering the roadrunner for the first time okay um, why does Wiley Cody have clones? Product testing. Like I said, he runs a business. Um, this may be the Acme business. You are you familiar with how most of his traps come from Acme? Yes. Which I was always confused when I was a kid. Me too. Because we have Acme's. Acme the, is the a super, popular supermarket. It's a popular supermarket down mm-hmm. here, exactly. So I would always get confused. I'd be like, wait a minute, why is he going to Acme? So imagine Wiley Coyote owns Acme. And uses his clones for product testing his products. Okay. And that could make the acronym ACME stand for A Coyote Made Everything. Oh, God. hmm <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could all see Chris right now smiling and nodding and <laughs> an achievement. So that's pretty much the gist of the fan theory that the Wiley Coyote is, in fact, a genius inventor who has cloned himself to test his products. So if he's such a genius, why can't he catch the road runner then? Uh, because the the Cody doesn't want to catch the road runner. He wants his clones to, well, he wants his clones to catch his, the road runner with his products, I guess. So he has to perfect them over time. Okay. So he doesn't want to kill the road runner because it's also good for product testing, I guess. I don't know. That seems like uh, Peta's going to have a field day here if they find out that a coyotes running a business but that's the thing Peter has to respect the animal rights of wiley coyote to you know have a business make clones of himself (laughs) and have them get in harm um it's basically like lab rats but instead you're testing lab coyotes um to go on dangerous missions pretty much yeah well i think i think wiley coyote is 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 unintelligent you think he's not a genius i don't think he's a genius do you think he's fast i would say he's fast but not as fast <laughs> as the roadrunner oh oh, we're talking about wiley coyote now i'm sorry yeah well the only reason this whole topic came up is because i think it's because you were saying that wiley coyote was not smart correct okay. and i still stand by that okay <laughs> and i was just and i was saying that the roadrunner outsmarts him meaning he's smart 
Right. But you're saying if he outsmarts a dumb coyote, it's not that pre- impressive. Yes. Okay. That's what I would say. Well, I mean, you know, I put my evidence out there. People can decide. Okay. Fair enough. So, like I said, I would have Mad Max use his um, marksmanship abilities to try to go after the Roadrunner from long distances because he will not be able to foresee something like that coming because, like in the cartoons, like we mentioned, he can usually see... Because the coyote doesn't do things from super, super far away. It seems as though they're always right there. Like it's a bomb or it's dynamite. And like I said, he's, un- he's unintelligent because he does them incorrectly. He doesn't, he doesn't have the gun loaded or he doesn't have the TNT... Uh, ready to go or the timer set properly which which are all things that max would not do max would make sure that the gun that the bullet was in the chamber he would make sure that the safety was off or anything along those lines now say when you're out in the wasteland yes though he is an expert marksman he may miss wind might come into effect distance can affect it also so i would say yes it is possible what about the effect of magical roadrunners I mean, sure, that could really impact him also. Now, I think where most of this fight is going to take place, it's going to take place on the wasteland with Max in his car, in his Ford Falcon, chasing after the Roadrunner. Now, the Roadrunner is known for his speed. Correct. I don't know how fast he goes, but Max being in his Ford Falcon driving at top speeds in a flat desert i think that he could go pretty fast did you i mean a real road runner tops out about 20 miles per hour all right but now, this is a fictional magical road runner i like so... how you just keep throwing in magical <laughs> to kind of like make it i'm true. just saying the only explanation of how all of the coyotes traps could fail is if the road runner could like telepathically disarm them i don't think that's the only <laughs> Or if the coyote just doesn't know what he's doing. All right. That's also a possibility. Okay. So, I mean, he definitely goes faster than 20 miles an hour because the the speed his feet are going. Oh, you you can't can't even even see see him. him. Exactly. They're they're just going super, super fast. Yeah. I would say that Ford Falcon, the Interceptor, which is Max's car, would be able to catch up to the Roadrunner no problem. Until you run into a brick wall that I painted on. Right. Now, so this is the thing. Do you have the do you already have do you have all of these painted already? Like do you just have all of these ready to go? Generally in the cartoon you see him paint them. Okay. And then run through them somehow. Now, magic. Now, Max, he knows this area. He's a cop in this area. Oh, so that's a he, good point. If he's driving around and he sees this tunnel that came out of nowhere and wasn't there last Thursday, He's going to be like, how the heck did this thing get here? There was no work permits. <laughs> Nobody cleared this with construction. So I know that I haven't seen the new Mad Max, but I doubt there's a constructioning permitting agency that handles new construction. Oh, yeah. I doubt that also. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I guess what I'm really trying to say is if there was a significant change in the area point. that point. he lives in, he would know that something is wrong he'd be like oh there's not a new tunnel built right Right. here he'd be like why is there a tunnel there he'd be like where did that tunnel come from and since max is so smart i don't think that he would fall for it yeah yeah 
Tunnel, um, tunnels are generally like large construction projects. So now this is another question I have for you, and you may or may not know the answer. Your it's answer, probably it's probably going to be, be magic. magic. Yeah. <laughs> now, say the Roadrunner paints the the tunnel mural. Sure. Okay. Now, at the opposite side of the tunnel in this painting is usually daylight. Yes. What happens if it's nighttime? He'd paint it to be dark. But say, for example, if he painted it like twelve hours ago, right? Like he, like so, you painted it. It will go. You're right. It will. Will you know, it change to date. darkness, or it'll be out I don't, of date? I don't think he has that magical power. Okay, because say we could say, for example, that you paint it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you just had it there in case. You know, sure, it's kind of yep. like your mouse trap. Yep, if you would. Yep. Now I'm driving around. I'm chasing after you, and I see that. I'm like, what the heck is that? Why? What? Why okay. is it saying there's sunlight? I, I got an answer to this. Right. Go ahead. All right, what he'll do is he'll paint multiple tunnels, some in the daytime, some in the dark. Okay. And depending on the time of day when he's running away, he'll run to the correct painting. He'll go to that painting. Yes. <laughs> and he can paint other things other than tunnels. Right, Maybe, like what else What else um, does he use to he can, fool he the can road paint, So I can't actually think of anything from the show. Okay. He could paint maybe a bridge. Okay. He could paint maybe a sign that says free guzzling. Oh, that that would be kind of like enticing. a play on the free bird seat that uh, that's true. The coyote always gets him. Mm-hmm. He could paint uh, Charlize Theron, maybe. And uh, <laughs> well, Max didn't fall in love with Charlize Theron. Oh, okay. I didn't see. That's Fury okay. Road, so it's a very strong. It's not like a love story. It's just women being awesome. Well, he still might want to like help her out. Like, were they friends? Were they on the same side? Not at first. Okay, but they. Yes. All right. He he could paint like um, I don't know what's something Mel Gibson would like like. Uh, some anti-semitic imagery on on the side of the road and like that could entice mel gibson over <laughs> oh what's that <laughs> let me stop by and see and then when you get there it's a brick wall if max does crash his car yeah let's get let's get into this it's not the first time his car's crashed it's not the first time his car's been damaged he has expert knowledge in repairing his vehicle He's going to be able to put it together. There's going to be dents. There's going to be busted up parts to it. Like the whole bumper is probably going to be gone. But he will be able to repair his car to the point where it's at least drivable. And I think he's going to learn his lesson. (laughs) Not to stop for good paintings or something. Yeah, not to go after these. If he did, I don't think he would. But just say he did and you did catch him with your anti-Semitic imagery. (laughs) an arrow like you know this way i think he'll learn his lesson and he won't he won't go after that direction anyway he will not go for those tunnels i think he'll learn like i said earlier he knows the surrounding area he knows that something is is wrong something's well he could think it's like a new club like a meetings here (laughs) plot the downfall of something i don't know something like that all right. That's all right. only if it's if it's Mel Gibson's uh, Mad Max. Right. That's Tom, true. Tom I'm not Harvey's sure about Tom Hardy. Enti- he would not be enticed by that. It'd have, to, it'd have to be a picture of Batman, and he would he'd be like, "Oh, I need to get my revenge." This is true. Christian Bale. Thank you. Yeah, that was a, a that was a was that yeah. supposed to be Bane? That was a Bane reference. Yeah. I'm trying to get my revenge. Wow, good? you perfectly combined Bane and Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. It was something else in there. Elmo? I don't know. There's it was Elmo. no it was good though. Like the character you just voiced, I would watch. It's not itchy being green. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. Man, that's such a good bane. <laughs> you do all the Batman characters good. I do well, the best I can. I, I used to, to do Batman really the Christian Bale Batman really. That well. was pretty good. Where's Rachel? 
Even though he never says that in the movies. He doesn't? He never once says, as far as I know, where's Rachel? What about that one time he was looking for Rachel? When was he ever looking for Rachel? When uh, she was like, he saw the video of her like tied up with all the like gasoline and bombs and Harvey Dent was in one and no, Rachel was the only, in one. The only thing happened. So the Joker does his threat and he says, if you want her, she's at 250 52nd Street and he's at Avenue X at Cisco or whatever. I love that. It's my favorite movie of all time. So I have it memorized. So the only thing he says is James Gordon goes, who are you going after? And he says, Rachel. That's all he says. And then he gets on the bat pod and he drives down thinking he's going after Rachel, but he actually goes out. Classic switcheroo. Oh, so good. I love that movie. So, all right. Anything else you'd like to add here regarding Roadrunner versus? Um, Not battle related, but I did want to add another uh, interesting facts about the Roadrunner. Okay. So um, this is an article... I believe so. I the creator of Roadrunner was Chuck Jones, right? I honestly have no idea. So I You're think this is from it. a blog, Chuck Jones's own blog, unless this is just a really fake website uh, where he talks about creating the Roadrunner. Yes, and why yes, Chuck to... Jones and Michael Maltese. Yeah, thank you. So he lists a couple of rules in in the Roadrunner Wiley e. Coyote cartoons, and I thought I just thought they were interesting. Oh I'm wait, gonna... I think I might have found this also. I, I was going to just read out these these so called rules for the characters. Because he he said the importance of having like a consistent, you know, uh, like universe set of rules. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. So rule, rule rule one is the Roadrunner cannot harm the Coyote except by going beep beep. So he's confirming right there that it says beep beep. Yes, he from is. the creator. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, I didn't really realize the correlation between the Roadrunner saying beep beep and the Coyote getting hurt. I wasn't aware of that, but yeah. you know, I was also a little kid when I watched it. Yeah. No outside force can harm the Coyote. Only his own ineptitude or the failure of Acme products. All right. So this is something important here. I realized that as soon as I said it. So, but why do the, the paintings hurt him then? Because uh, he can't tell the difference between a painting and a tunnel. Does the Roadrunner make the paintings or does the Coyote make the paintings? You know, now that I'm thinking back on it, I think the Coyote sometimes paints them. And then and the Roadrunner runs through somehow it. Somehow the Roadrunner runs and through. And then the Coyote cannot. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> this whole thing has been a sham. Uh, I'll just go back and edit all them to somehow something else. Um, rule three. The Coyote could stop any time if he were not a fanatic. Okay. A fanatic is one who redoubles his effort when he has forgotten his aim. That's a confusing rule. Uh, rule four. No dialogue ever except beep beep. <laughs> yeah. Rule five. The Roadrunner must stay on the road. Otherwise, logically, he would not be called a Roadrunner. Oh, man. That's a bit of a limitation on the Roadrunner. That is very... Um, I mean, you have to stay on the road too because you're the road warrior. Uh, this is true. So, however, you, if you've ever seen the movies, they do not really stay on the roads, right? But if you make me stick to the road because I'm called a road runner, you have to stick to the roads as well. Okay, it's only fair. Okay, rule six all action must be confined to the natural environment of the two characters, the Southwest American desert, which we established was a desert of some type. Rule seven us. all materials, tools, weapons, or mechanical conveniences must be obtained from the Acme Corporation. So any of your paint, if you're still allowed to paint, your magical powers, <laughs> got to get it from Acme. Uh, rule eight, whenever possible, make gravity the coyote's greatest enemy. Always falling down. Uh, rule nine, this is the final rule. The coyote is always more humiliated than harmed by his failures. Even though a lot of his failures include getting crushed by anvils and safes and blown up by dynamite and bombs and cannons, which should kill him, leading credence to the clone theory. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, uh, the clone theory. 
People have too much time on their hands. <laughs> they really do. Uh, something here I wanted to share. Do you want to guess how many lines Tom Hardy has in the Mad Max movie? Five? No, he has more than five. 20? 52. Oh, that seems good. But, I mean, for a full-length movie... I guess to compare... You'd have to give me, like, what another titular, movie... Yeah. Right, where you're the titular character. I'm a pretty bad guesser, Steve. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just knew it was low, so I went real low. Well, the movie starts with a voiceover of him, like, telling about the world that he lives in. Uh, and so that probably has a lot of it. But he has a lot of grunts in the movie. Like I said, very quiet. Really doesn't say that much. And um, there's been some rumors that they're going to do a fifth one. Oh, boy. Um, they should, though. The last one was pretty successful, right? Yeah, George, Yeah, it was nominated for Best Director, Best Picture. Made a ton of money. It's like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Uh, George Miller said that he's come up with a story for to do a, two additional um, movies. One of them is called Mad Max Fury Rosa, Furiosa, excuse me, which is the character that Charlie Theron plays in the mm-hmm. fourth one. And also he has another one that has a working title of Mad Max The Wasteland. Um, people really don't know if these will ever be made, considering the time gap between three and four was extensive. I think it was like 15 years or something along those lines. Uh, 1985, so no, 20 years, excuse me. No, 30 years. 85 to 2015, right? 85, 30 years? Uh, 95. Yeah, 30 years. No, that's 40 years. 1985 Oh, wait. Sorry, sorry, you're right, you're right. Yeah, 30 years. So there's 30 years between 3 and 4, so who knows what'll happen between uh, between 4 and 5, or if there is, you know, 5 or 6, perhaps, possibly. But, yeah, so Mad Max, if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. It's pretty well known amongst uh, a lot of fans of and wiley coyote if you haven't seen it definitely check it out too you know it's very common on youtube you learn, can just, learn all the rules you can just go through the looney tunes uh, archive and some good good old-fashioned fun there you go exactly all right so there's going to be a twitter poll online where you could vote for who you think would win going against uh two quiet characters you got the roadrunner beep beep versus mad max <laughs> Making all of his grunt sounds there. Um, we mentioned this in our previous episode, so please remember we are doing our Who Would Win Guess the Tomato Meter for the summer of 2018 film season. It's going to be kicking off with the release of Avengers Infinity War, which was bumped up to April 27th. We're asking that you please follow the link in our show notes if you'd like to participate. Fill out the Google Doc guessing your percentages. And we please ask that you have all those done by, what did we say, that Monday? April 23rd, Monday. Monday, April 23rd. For anybody who has not done it before, you basically just go in and you just guess what you think the tomato meter will be for that film. Uh, We do the overall critic score, not just the top critics, all the critics together. We don't do their average score. We don't do the audience score. It's just that tomato meter number. The main number you see. Exactly, the main number that you see. Um, we have a spreadsheet that we have a bunch of formulas in that will accurately update the percentage, which will accurately update your score into how close you were in guessing. If you guessed it 100% on the nose, you get 20, 20 points, and then we have uh, other points depending on how far you off. One point off, you get 15, two points off, 14, and so on and so forth. So uh, fill that out. 
share it with your friends, email it to other people, uh, participate in it. Let us know what you think. Make some guesses. There's a lot coming out this summer. There's a ton of films in there. I think I have like 15 movies, maybe a little more. That's great. The more the merrier. Yeah, exactly. And it'll, it'll be a good time. full summer season. That's it. Exactly. Is so, there a um, Medea movie in there? I don't think there's a Medea. No, nah, it's too bad. No, a Medea Fourth of July maybe, <laughs> since they've done like a Christmas and a Halloween and whatnot. So, um, so stay up, stay tuned. Listen, what's going on? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Gmail. You can um, reach us, and you'll know what's going on with us. Do you have the Jurassic Park sequel in it? Yes, I do. Oh, okay, yep. cool. I forgot about that one. Incredibles. Uh, so what about the the new oceans movie yes oceans right. 8 i All did right. put out that on there i'm actually kind of excited for that is that the one with women yes okay uh it's called oceans 8 i think it was originally called like oceans ocho but they changed it i think it sounds better oceans that's good 8. that was a dumb name uh and it takes place in the same universe it's his like sister i think and I think a couple characters from the uh the originals are gonna have to like cameos in it yeah okay so that'd be kind of cool to see All right, so thank you so much for listening. And as always, please subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Would Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Two men enter, one man leaves. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holder.